0: Hi, let me start by saying a quick word Um, to those of you who just landed here in this episode. This is your first foray into my podcast. Pause, go back to episode one. It's called Welcome. Listen to it or at least enough of it that you get a sense for what this is and then come meet me back here. It'll make everything make more sense, I think. Or you could just listen to this and see. If you had a moment where you're like, I have no idea what's going on here, why she's talking the way she is, and then go back to episode one called welcome. Okay. Um, Second thing, I am a licensed psychotherapist, a licensed professional counselor, and nothing in my podcast now or ever is intended to replace the professional advice of a therapist whom you are seeing for therapy. Um, I'm not intending to give professional advice or, um, uh, yeah, not intended to replace that. So, uh, if you want that kind of help, I suggest you go find it. There are some great therapists out there. That's not what this is. Um, I'm trying to speak from my whole self and yeah, I'm a therapist. I have that background. Um, but this is just me as a person. Okay. You know what? I'm, I don't need to get into that. I think I've said enough. You get it. All right. Um, going forward, I am sitting in my mom's bedroom adjacent to my bedroom that I share with my 13 month old. 13 month old is sleeping. Fantastic. Um, normally she likes to sleep on me or she only stays asleep when she's on me or sometimes, sometimes in a stroller or a car seat. Um, But I successfully transferred her to a little crib mattress on the floor surrounded by cushions. So if she wakes up and rolls off or rolls off, she's going to be okay. It's a pretty baby-proofed room. But also, I'm right next door and our doors are ajar and I will hear her if she wakes up. And she might just wake up and need nursing or she might wake up, wake up. In either case, um, I will probably stop abruptly and go take care of her. So, there's that. We'll see how long I get today. Um, The other thing is, I um, did like a four-minute recording yesterday of just kind of what was on my mind, and I thought like where I would go with my next recording, my next episode. turns out that's not where I want to go today now that I have time. Um, I had some more ideas forming today, and um, I'm going with what's freshest, what feels most alive, what's stepping to up to the microphone, what's stepping into the forefront. So here we go. And I might after this, um, I mean, we'll see how far I get, but I might just add that four-ish minute recording at the end to kind of get those words out there about, um, what might be coming soon. For right now, though, I want to talk about, um, reframing the word gratitude or the concept of gratitude. I've mentioned in, I think, a couple episodes before that I wanted to visit buzzwords and how they function for better and worse, or better or worse, and um, this is maybe my first step into that gratitude, buzzword, all the rage over the last, what, 10, 15 years. Um, Because my perspective is so skewed, um, going through education, well... Uh, a lot of like self-help and psychology study on my own and then um, a bachelor's in psychology and then a master's in counseling and then working as a counselor, practicing therapy, all of that, I've been pretty steeped in the self-help psychology therapy worlds. And I know also that gratitude as a buzzword has reached way beyond that. I guess that's what it is to be a buzzword. But that I bring that up to say, Um, maybe you're not as sick of it as I am, but I am so sick of hearing about gratitude practices and I can't get away from them. It's like everywhere, everything I listen to, everything I read at some point, gratitude is going to find its way in. And there's nothing wrong with gratitude itself. I want to be really clear. It's very important, but the word is what happens when something becomes a buzzword is it just kind of gets a little calcification on it and it gets small. Um, so like to pass, you know, we, we get this idea or a a study or research or several minds at once all realize that gratitude is really important for a lot of things. And it opens all of these mental, emotional, spiritual doors. So people want to share gratitude everywhere. And how do you share something easily and well, you condense it, you reduce it, you bullet point it. Um, you, provide shorthand so we have this like shorthand cluster around gratitude and that's kind of what a buzzword does Um, it shrinks something down to make it shareable Um, so let me go into a little bit of what I see as this like buzzword nugget around gratitude I want to say like every time I say that and I read it and I hear it I have this like little Like a rising in my throat, a little bit of a gag, and a little bit of it like shrink away. Like, I mean, you can hear it. Um, let me try to open it up a little bit. Gratitude. Okay, so the conventional advice that I hear a lot goes something like this, and it's it's a little bigger than I'm going to go through right now because I don't want to spend a lot of time defining the buzzword quality. I'd like to spend more time on how to open it up as I see it, but. The conventional advice around gratitude is, um, do a, here, here are some bits of conventional advice. Start a gratitude journal. Do it every night at bedtime or in the morning when you wake up, but probably at bedtime, at the end of your day, so you can review your day and think about two to five things that you feel grateful for, and they could be really small. It could be an exchange with a stranger. It could be the sun on your face. It could be... Um, Blah, blah, blah. Okay, so that's one. Gratitude journal at night. Do it every single day and you will get in the habit of being grateful. Second thing, related. Focus on something small. If it's hard for you to find gratitude because of trauma history or depression or wherever you are right now, not, okay, I want to say when I'm doing this voice, I am not diminishing those states where it's hard to get to gratitude. That is not my intention at all. Okay, going back to the conventional advice. If it's hard for you to get to a place of gratitude, find something small. Think about your cat. I don't know why they always bring up cats. Okay. Think about your cat. How grateful you are for your cat. Or that cozy blanket. Or the sun on your face. Or having shelter. Um, okay. So those are those are some conventional. Oh, there, here's another one. Keep a stone in your pocket. And just as your hand reaches into your pocket throughout the day and it, every time it touches that stone, think of something you're grateful for. Okay. So there are three practices or three three things I hear a lot and there's more like I said but let's just start with that. For me that's kind of that's a lot of what comes up when I hear gratitude and it just totally turns me off. And it hasn't it doesn't work for me for I think two reasons. One is it's conventional advice. It's buzzword and buzzwords just totally turn me off. So if I liked the idea of gratitude practices when I first encountered them um, and I tried them and the, those, the practices I mentioned didn't really take hold for me. That's one part of it. And another part of it is just that it's re- reached buzzword status and, um, it, t- it would take a lot of work for me to like go in and really try that earnestly. Um, and I would wade through a lot of my like resistance to buzzword schmish um, to get there. So what I'd rather do, which is what I do, um, is just make it my own and, It is worth it. Um, Having a practice around um, uh, of savoring, of recognizing goodness, of um, feeling your value, feeling your desires, feeling what you're drawn toward, what you're attracted to, what feels good, what opens you up, what feels warm, what makes you feel connected, what um, settles you into yourself, what helps you feel safe and excited about life, all of those things. Notice I haven't said that, the G word yet, but practice doing all those things, a practice to feel grateful is really worth it. It really, really, really is, but it doesn't have to be called gratitude and you don't have to journal and you don't have to thank your cat um, or have a cat or love the feel of sunshine on your face. Maybe you live somewhere really hot and what you want to honor is a C air conditioning, even though that's, that may be a complicated thing for you. That moment of cool air coming in from hot, humid outside, that could feel really nice. Okay. Um, so here's, here's what it looks like for me or a couple elements that I want to share. One is, um, something that comes back over and over and over again for me. And it's, it's so automatic for me right now, but I, I can like pull it out and name it, which is to, um, if you want to deepen into these practices um, or this kind of practice, set your instructions to your subconscious. That is something I'm going to bring up a lot. That com- That's the thing that's automatic for me is setting instructions to my subconscious. In this case, to notice these things. To notice, I mean, go back whatever 30 seconds where I kind of described what you're looking for. It's, it's internal heat, it's attraction, it's openness, it's being drawn toward, it's joy, Uh, it's connection, it's ease, it's flow, all of those things, set your subconscious instructions to notice organic expressions of goodness or organic um, sensations, perceptions of goodness, however it comes. And um, if you're like, what do you mean set your instructions to your subconscious? Let me see if I can maybe tease that apart a little bit. Um, okay, here's what's coming to mind. Make it your own. Um, If this doesn't resonate, take a minute and see if you can find an analog or, you know, something, something related that accesses it for you. But at a moment where you're feeling settled, as settled as you get in your day-to-day life, you don't have to be like a feeling like you're sinking into the floor and, and totally at ease, but just settled. Nothing really worrying you, nothing... Pulling your attention dramatically, you um, feel kind of settled and open. Get to that place and visualize, feel into um, the sense that I was coming up, or that I that I was trying to evoke with all those words um, and examples of that the feeling of goodness. Get a sense for what that feels like in your body. What images or memories or Phrases, words, voices, sounds, uh, smells, whatever. Notice all the things that come up for you and you just kind of feel into that space a little bit. You can write it down if that's helpful, but there's really no need. Just feel into that space from a place of being settled and open. And then say verbally or however you say things internally, um, something like, um, I want to notice more of those things or um, how often do I feel things during the day? So it could be a question. um, But I would suggest maybe using some kind of directive stance, like I want to notice more or um, it also can start with just like really sensing into those things and, and, savoring those senses as they come up so it might be some variation of like oh that feels good and like really like as you're feeling it and you feel that openness that settling that expansion whatever it feels like to you with what's moving through let yourself really feel it and then if something else comes up really feel that and if it doesn't feel like the right time if it's really hard to access that shove it you know just move move on to something else go with what your, um, your innards, your intuition is drawing you toward right then. Um, don't force it. It's not going to work if you force it and then come back to it another time. Um, so another thing is the lang, the internal language around it. Um, for me, gratitude doesn't pull up gratitude. It feels like an exercise, like a workbook, like homework, um, and not exciting homework uh, for me. What gratitude feels like, or this kind of cluster of things, um, is noticing my own reactions to goodness. Getting get grounding into. Ooh, that's not what I meant to say. That's another buzzword. Um, feeling my way into my own um, systems. My own myselfs. <laughs> experience of goodness and all of those different flavors of goodness and one of them that I've learned to recognize so part of it is recognizing like how my body expresses it how it feels in my body and one of the things that really helps for me because I'm a very auditory and and vocal person those channels are really big for me is um noticing when I spontaneously in response to something Uh, I think if I can call it up right now, because like I said, it has to be spontaneous. Okay, what am I thinking of? Hmm, Something nice. You know, it's hard to manufacture, but it's um, a sound like, ooh. But that wasn't quite it, because that wasn't spontaneous. So really, let me take a beat and see if there's something that that I can bring up internally that will evoke that external sound, so you can hear mine. Mm. Okay. That's another one, but that wasn't an ooh. Um, so, mm, ooh. Um, so it could be something like if somebody is at, like, if I'm looking at a menu or if somebody's asking me to choose among some options, um, a lot of the time out of my, if I'm comfortable out of my mouth will come an ooh, some variation of that. Um, and that I can feel that. And I've learned to trust that and know that and recognize that as, an expression of that moving toward, of that rightness, of that goodness. So recognizing my ooh and (laughs) giving it credit and acknowledging it, um, that is a a gratitude practice for me Um, because the more we acknowledge things, the more they want to come to our attention. Our subconscious, our body, our spirit, whatever dimensions you want to look at or words you want to use for it, our, um, beyond the, beyond our default mode or like beyond our, our everyday thinking mind, our systems have so much that they want us to see and feel. And it's like just all these excited selves, excited cells want to, want us to feel things that we are accustomed to ignoring or pushing away, um, for the sake of some other mental process or, um, something that we, we think we need to be, attending to and sometimes you know things we do actually need to be attending to for living for growing for um doing well but there are all of these exciting excited things just waiting for us to be um to attend to them and the more you attend to them the more they want to give you uh just like anything like in relationship or like a little little kids sharing freely with each other um the more you get a good response back. The more somebody gives you that good good attention and acknowledgement, the more you want that acknowledgement and that good attention. So noticing my ooh has like brought it up a lot more and taught me about myself and what I'm drawn to, both in the moment and how that feels so that I can learn my own um, intuitive language, my own um, impulses toward what is good for me individually. And then another thing that's really that's been really helpful for me is um the, the I'll just start with the phrase which is I'd also like to thank. So um in the few weeks, I'd say maybe the first 2 weeks especially after giving birth to my daughter last June, um this phrase just kept coming up like I was just filled with delight and joy and that lasted that has lasted well beyond that, but it was just like to the max in those first couple weeks, even though I was dog tired, having to make sure that she was getting fed every two and a half hours. And I was pumping every three hours and waking her up through the night. And I was hardly getting sleep. And, um, I had to supplement her Oh my, it was, it was a lot. It was a lot in those first couple of weeks. My baby was born really small or on the small side. Um, and the doctor's advice was to be on this regimen. And when I Okay, that's another story for another time. But I was really tired and still just feeling so good and joyful and ecstatic and and um synced with her and I'm just just overflowing with goodness and I was just noticing all of these things in my, in my environment that I just wanted that I would get this hit of like, oh that's so cool. Oh that's so great. How how cool that I have this. Um like just really feeling support and I mean, like I had this adorable little breast pump that came with me from the hospital and it was so, so cute. And I would look at it and notice it throughout the day and just think, oh my gosh, I love how cute it is. Like just felt so good. And, um, I had it on this little three tiered cart that I had bought uh, before when I was pregnant and that I had this cart that would go with me kind of around the house that would have all my supplies because I'd have to like sit and nurse her for a while. And um, I spent a lot of time sitting and nursing in those days. And so I had, and I was ravenous. So I had snacks in the cart. I had my like giant thing of water um, to make sure I stayed hydrated and um, my breast pump and I don't know, I lotion, hair ties, books, um, a phone charger. I don't just as much as I could get in this little three-tiered Cart that went around with me. And I was so grateful for that. I would just think, oh, this cart is so great. So this phrase just kept coming back to me. And I think it, part of it is just growing up loving movies and um, watching the Oscars. Like it was the most exciting. It used to be really exciting for me. I've kind of lost that feeling most years um, in the recent past. But watching the Oscars and hearing the Oscar speeches. I'd also like to thank. I'd also like to thank, you know, getting up and accepting an award. And I'd also like to thank your thanking your team members. You're thanking your support. Um, acknowledging that it is a we effort, a mutual effort, um, interdependence. So this phrase just kept running through my mind as I acknowledged these things. And every once in a while, I would actually say it out loud. Like, I'd also like to thank my pump. I'd also like to thank, because it's just it was there, so present. And it brought me such... Um, not just delight and joy when it would go through my mind. So it's like this initial hit of I'm so grateful, but not in those words, for this water or this cart or this pump or my mom or um the existence of mocha's like whoever <laughs> this mocha that is in my hand right now that somebody graciously bought me um or brought me um and the whipped cream on the mocha that melted it. And I don't even have the whipped cream, but I'm just so grateful that somebody put whipped cream on this for me. And for the person who first put chocolate and coffee and cream together. So these things would come up and I would feel this hit of, oh, this is great. And then this hit, when the phrase would come, I'd also like to thank in in association with that feeling. So it was this like twofold feeling and that phrase also brought with it like humor and this sense of nostalgic joy for the Oscars. So it's like, I kind of laugh, definitely smile when these things would come to me. And so that's kind of become a little bit of a shorthand for me. So the phrase is still there, but, um, not quite as powerful as powerfully now as it was then, but that's, I bring all that up to say, find your language, feel free to use mine. Um, find your language for gratitude. And my in my experience, any new practice, especially like internal practices, mental practices, emotional practices, they're much more likely to take hold if it's fun, if it feels good. So like if you can have a jingle with it or um, some element of humor or, um, you know, something that brings in other associations of joy for you, if you can usher in the new practice with that joy, with that jingle, with some, like a shared joke or, um, you know, an inside joke or just somehow to some way to make it fun or funny. Uh, it's going to go a lot farther because what feels good you want to do more of. Okay. Um, and so it's all going to be more powerful if you do it your own way. And if you do it in a way by giving your subconscious these instructions and by making it feel good, if it can happen spontaneously throughout your day rather than in review at the end of the day um, or you know a dedicated practice, um, if you're like me and if it's based on your intention. So if you set the intention to notice these things more, um, your subconscious is going to work in all the ways that it can to do that for you. And if you remind yourself of that intention even more, um, your subconscious wants to be trusted. It, it wants to have a job. It's working all the time. Um, and if you can be clear on your intentions and, and be specific in your directions and really um, feel behind what your, the instructions you're giving to your subconscious, your life is going to get better and better and better. That said, if having a daily gratitude practice, if journaling, if the convention works for you, fucking use it. Use whatever works. I'm not saying don't use it if it works for you. And I don't want to shame you or make you feel any worse if you love the convention around gratitude or if you just discovered it and it's blowing your mind and changing your life for the better. Use it, use it, use it. I'm just sharing what it is for me. And I think probably a lot of people also have this feeling around gratitude. The word the convention, as it is in 2022. Um, But if it doesn't, so if it doesn't work for you, if you're like me, don't let the buzzword turn you off completely. Claim it for yourself. Call it something different. Make it fun. Make it funny. um, Make it playful. Play around with it. And yeah, that's where we are. Um, I'm a little surprised because I was rushing that a little bit thinking that baby Mari was going to wake up any moment she hasn't yet although i think i just heard a door car door outside which means my mom might be home which means she might be waking up the dog might bark that might wake her up we'll see okay i'm going to pause here that might be it for today you might be, hear a little bit more from me shortly thanks for listening as always i hope this has been helpful and I will talk to you again soon. Well, that sound was my mom coming home. And her coming home did prompt the dog to bark, which prompted Mari to wake up. So um, <laughs> I will leave the rest for another time. But just wanted to quickly segue to that four-ish minute recording, um, outlining some ideas that I will be fleshing out more soon, all right, thanks again. Bye. I'm not gonna have time to record an episode piece right now. I just heard my mom and Mari um coming back inside from a walk, but I did just kind of want to put a marker in this time. Um I just took some notes on what's going through my mind. There are a couple ideas or kind of a cluster of ideas vying for my attention and i don't know where i'm going to start when i sit down to re- record the longer piece um but just want to kind of put them out there right now one of them is um looking at emotional storms and cuz this has been a stormy couple weeks for me i think um internally uh not so much externally although maybe if i look i probably if i looked i would find more external going on um than i'm seeing right now but internally i've been going through some storms and um kind of what that looks like or where where my perspectives go um in the middle of storms and then after and um like when to do and when to to not when to um when to change when to accept not knowing knowing um how to interact with other people when I'm going through an emotional storm, things like that. Um, And that pulls in other other impulses and thoughts, like um, when I am in in an emotionally stormy place or somebody in my space is in an emotionally stormy place, that my response is often to pull in, to minimize my presence, to get really small, to reduce my physical footprint, um, the presence of my belongings in the space, my... um, my voice in the relationship um, just to kind of shrink away so that I, there's no way that I am intruding to minimize the possibility that I am making their life worse, whether it's my storm because it feels so big and I'm, I'm concerned about how it's impacting them or their storm. And I don't want to make it worse. Um, and observing my mind through these storms and kind of where that goes and um some memories of really uh salient moments of like a shift from being in the muck to witnessing it feeling in a like shifting into a bigger calmer uh more timeless presence kind of how that has played out in some situations or one in particular, I guess is coming to mind. Um, and then, um, this feels like a a little step outside of the cluster, but it's coming up at the same time anyway, which is going back into decluttering and the different permutations that that has in my life right now that are kind of all going along at the same time. Um, so electronic decluttering, um, just in case uh, hoarding resources for like just in case moments, I might need this in the future kind of thing, and um, then the going into a situation with conflict in my intention or like and an a cluttered intention, and how that can contribute to uh, social anxiety and distraction. Which in the mo- if distraction in a social situation increases anxiety, um, and just yeah, kind of that that nuggety. Webby, clustery zone, decluttering, and there's more there too. But those are those are what I got written down before I heard the door downstairs. And now I'm thinking that it might be time for me to go relieve my mom, who has been so graciously taking care of Mari. Um, and it's taken me a couple hours to wind down or. to this place of noting and doing a little recording i don't know if i'm talking to you or just myself right now if i'm talking to you hello more soon um if it's just for me hello more soon all right one last thing the music in this episode is from the song five by sleeping at last i use it with the generous permission of sleeping at last If you want to know more about the song and hear it in its entirety, go check out the Sleeping At Last podcast, episode number 13, called Five and the Enneagram. This episode was produced by me, and I appreciate you bearing with me as my skills develop. In the meantime, you get to hear a human being human, unedited, or minimally edited. You're welcome. More soon. Monica.